0: Hey, I'm Erin Bridgman, a money mindset and management coach for The Creative Entrepreneur. I'm the girl behind the Wealthy Woman movement that's reaching thousands and expanding each and every month, and I'm so glad you've decided to join this community too. Welcome to The Wealthy Woman podcast for creative female entrepreneurs looking to get strategic with their money. I believe that wealthy women will change the world, and in this podcast, we include money-related mindset and management tips and practical business advice you can apply right away. No fluff here, it's time to take action. Let me shoot it to you straight. Talking about money is like talking about sex. It's vulnerable and uncomfortable, but so necessary. And that's why I've created a judgment-free zone where women like you can trade the shame and money skeletons in your closet with empowerment and confidence that helps you master your money. I'm both the creative and the nerd, the no bullshit friend and your hype girl. And I'm excited to be your guide on your money journey. All your dreams are tied to money, so it's time to get that money working for you so you can make your dreams a reality together. Your business should be the catalyst to living your dream life, so don't let your money be the obstacle. Grab your notebook and your favorite drink and let's dive in. Hello, wealthy women, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, I'm really excited to have Amanda Faust on the show with me. She is a high performance coach and helps success driven business people develop daily habits and a growth oriented mindset so that they can reach their highest potential and operate at peak performance. Beyond her leadership degree, her training consists of certifications in both high-performance coaching and life coaching. She has been trained in neuroplasticity, the science of well-being through Yale University, as well as several positive psychology practices in the University of Pennsylvania. These trainings and education give her unique perspective, tools, resources, and support to help leaders reach their goals. Amanda also runs a marketing agency called Homegrown that helps businesses scale their impact through relational marketing. Gosh, that was just really fun to read your intro, Amanda. Amanda is one of my dearest friends, dear colleagues, and thanks for coming on the show with me. Yay,
1: I'm so excited. It was fun to hear the bio, too. I haven't heard that in a while.
0: You're, like, so impressive. I'm like, wow. wow. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited to have you on the show today because I know that we are going to dive into understanding habits and sort of the brain and why it's really important, especially when it comes to money. And we're going to get to weave in your own story, your own success. You've done some huge things these past few years yourself with money and just been a joy to get to work with you and see that happening. And I know that in this conversation, we're opening up the possibility for those that are listening, that this is all available to them as well in whatever version that is for them.
1: Yeah. I'm so excited to be on here too, because you've been a part of my life for so many years and yeah, we've become great friends, but we started out as you coaching me and you have been coaching me ever since. It's literally been the best business decision because you've helped me in so many areas. I don't think I thought I could ever break through. So I'm just very grateful for that. Oh
0: my gosh. You're like getting tears in my eyes. (laughs) I mean, before we jump in, I know you, we literally just hung out last night for cocktails and dinner for your birthday. But I want people to get a glimpse into your world
1: off script from the official. Yeah. Video. So I am a mom of four. I've been married for 11 years. We're in our 12th year, which sounds crazy. My kids span from age 13 to eight. And so I have a teenager which has been really fun. I've decided that I'm going to love the teenagers instead of dread them. Thank so, <laughs> yes. My husband <laughs> is in real estate investing and so I dabble a little bit into that. I love doing like the decorating and we did our first Airbnb this month which is exciting. Hopefully there'll be more to come. So I love the creative design decorating side including my own home. So that's what I'm usually doing when I'm not working and then I also travel a lot for work which is really fun and I love relationships so I love Building community, not only here where I'm at every day, but also like all over the place. So
0: yeah. Amanda is one of the most pure, like you have such pure intentions, pure love, and also just like, don't mess around pure drive. Like this <laughs> yeah. is going to be such a great conversation. And I know people are going to just fall in love with you and you do lead such a cool life. I look up to you so much in seeing the success of your company and your goals and all that you're chasing while being a mama of four, being incredibly intentional in the routines, in the rhythms and the habits you have as a family, even like your dinner conversation prompts that you have and like how you manage the household and cleaning. And she truly lives out habit as well. Like I travel with Amanda for work and (laughs) I just have to say this. (laughs) I, I mean, what girl buys one of their dear friends knowing that you would be purely excited about it, a really cool vitamin pack that has like the evening and morning spots, but Amanda, I'm like, what are you doing now, Amanda? And she's like, oh, I'm just drinking colostrum and having my apple cider vinegar vitamin before bed. I'm like, okay. It wasn't was
1: my colostrum.
0: <laughs> Oh Yes, to be clear, it's (laughs) cow colostrum. You can look up the benefits of that at another point, but she's the real deal. And so as we jump into our conversation today, I would love to sort of start from actually understanding habit. And then let's start to weave in your own story around your success in money and business.
1: Yes. So I love all things habits. You had asked me about the definition of a habit. So I pulled up what I like to share and it is just the regular dictionary version, which is a settled or regular tendency or practice, especially one that is hard to give up. And what I love about that is that can be a positive or a negative thing, right? So if you're somebody who struggles with habits, I mean, we all have habits, every single one of us, but if you're somebody who isn't pleased with your habits, you can read that and be like, oh gosh, it's so hard to give up on these things. Like It's so difficult to break a habit or you can be someone who's really hopeful and like, Hey, once I develop really good, positive habits, they're really hard to give up. And so that's exciting because that means I can take control of my life and create the habits that are going to get me to where I want to be. So I really like that example. I know you actually talked about this in our peer mastermind
0: and it was fascinating and so helpful. So I'd love to dive into the flow of a habit and how do we intersect the habit to change it? Yeah. And I do like
1: to share that everything I share on habits is scientifically backed. So this isn't necessarily like Amanda's version. This is literally how the brain's wired, which is so much better, right? That means we can all apply it and it's actually going to work because it matches with how our brains are wired. So as you mentioned, there is a way that habits are formed and that is through a trigger or cue. Those are interchangeable words. And then an action is the next step. And then a reward is the third step. And so to kind of break that down a little bit more is that our habits eventually don't need cues consciously. Like there's some conscious cues, like something happens and then we do whatever that habit is. But what's great is To change a habit, we can jump into any of those areas. We can jump in on the cue or trigger and change that where we're setting ourselves up for success. An example of that could be if you realize that you don't get enough movement in each day, like maybe you're not somebody who has a workout routine or anything like that. A way that you can cue that is laying out your workout clothes where you can visually see it. And that cues you to be like, oh, I need to do that. You know, setting reminders, that kind of thing on your phone. And again, I'm just using one example, but you can do that in any habit that you want to start.
0: What would be like a money habit, like a cue that could help us if we have an intention around wanting to feel more abundant around our money? What could be a cue that we put in place that helps us with that?
1: Yeah. So for a money habit, one of the money habits that I try to do is you've created this amazing money matrix that I use each month. And so I actually, I'm not joking when I say it's on my calendar for today to go and jump into my spreadsheet. And the reason why it's on today is because it's March 1st and I need to go look at February so that I can go see like, okay, what worked in February? What didn't work? What do I need to do for March? So setting up calendar reminders, setting up reminders on your phone, you know, having things visually in front of you is a great way to cue a habit you want to start.
0: One thing I would say that would be a, cool cue that you could do is like one thing I've had people do in the past when we are working on believing that money can flow to us easily, that it's all around us that it's abundant is actually putting physical money around your home as a cue to remind you that like it is available and it's all around you. I love that idea. Another
1: thing that I have done is I have a vision board in my office and I put on the vision board the amount of money that I want to make at the end of the year. I put on the vision board, the things I want to purchase with the money that I make. So you can make a money vision board with the different things that you want on there that cue like, Hey, this is possible. And this is what I'm aiming towards. And this is why I do what I'm doing. And money is going to make that possible. So this is so fun. The
0: first part of a habit, cue the trigger that makes us then do some sort of action,
1: right? Yep. The next sort of step. So the action is exactly what it says. It's the action that you take. And so Often our habits are subconscious, like they just happen without us necessarily making a decision. But what we have to understand is they happen and they become a habit because of decisions we've made in the past. We've created a pathway in our brain that at some point we were deciding to you know, do certain actions, whether good or bad. And so what we have to realize, like, okay, there's this habit for a reason. I had personally developed a habit years ago to not look at my finances, to not care about money. I had written a story in my mind that money didn't matter. I'm not there now, but that's where I used to be. And so there was a habit that anytime my husband would bring up a money conversation or anytime there was a meeting with my bookkeeper, my action was fear or anger, you know, a, a reaction that I didn't necessarily want to have, but it was a habit. Like those type of things were the actions and the cue and trigger was just a money conversation. So learning, do I like that action? Do I not? Well, great. I have the power to change that. It's going to take time. Just like developing that habit took time, but we can jump into the cue or the action and change what we want. But what makes the habit stick is the reward. There's a lot of misconceptions about this part of the habit. A lot of people try to make a reward, a external reward. So they reward themselves through buying something or through an experience or whatever. And that's great. There's nothing wrong with that, but you don't want to stop there because the way the brain's wired is they need that internal reward, which is actually like chemical responses in your body that tell you to keep doing that habit. For me, those mindsets of I don't care about money, those were so deeply rooted, but the reward was I don't have to. What I had to do was first of all change that that trigger of, you know, I'm putting this on my calendar, I'm going to show up, the action of I am going to have these hard conversations and the reward of, oh wait, actually things aren't as bad as I thought. Like I actually feel way more on top of things now. I actually feel better, I actually feel like I'm in control and I was avoiding it thinking I'd feel out of control. Realizing that a lot of those internal rewards are going to get you the results
0: you want. I want to zoom into this because this is something that you've explained before. And I just want to highlight what you're saying. An example of this would be like, okay, I had the money conversation. And now because I had the money conversation, I'm going to treat myself to like a special outfit. This would be a very external reward. It's not a part of the habit. It's not manifesting because of what you did. So that's not going to be as helpful for the brain or able to repeat just naturally. It's not going to stick. The intrinsic reward is literally, I now feel better. I feel like I have more knowledge. I feel in control. I feel like I'm able to see a plan forward for the vision board. And so that's literally just a result of having the conversation. You're not doing anything additional. So that reward is just naturally built in and then helps you to continue to come back to when it's time to have these conversations, I remember that I feel like I'm in control. I remember I feel like I have an ability to get to my goals. I want to keep entering into these conversations. Exactly right.
1: And I know some of you might be thinking, because I thought this as well, of like, yeah, but what if the reverse happens? What if I have that conversation and then I feel worse because it was like not what I wanted to see or the numbers weren't what I wanted them to be? And I want to be clear that not every money conversation I've had has been a great money conversation. But what that feeling was and what my brain did as a response to still having the money conversation was knowing like, This would have been way worse had I not had this conversation because who knows where I could have ended up, like how much worse things could have been if I didn't know or have the knowledge and be able to problem solve this. So just know that like it doesn't automatically mean that your circumstances are going to be ideal and you're going to look at your numbers and feel great, but it puts you in the driver's seat.
0: It's so true. I always say, and I think this is a part of my current state of life that I would have this analogy but people talk about this idea of like there's a poopy diaper somewhere in the room it stinks I'm scared of it where is it you not finding the stinky diaper and like handling it is much worse of just like I'm gonna just avoid it I mean it is gonna get much worse than if you just find the stinky diaper face the issue deal with it and move along you know what I mean yep (laughs) that goes right along with it Yep. Okay, so let's walk through this model. And I'm going to bring up a specific habit that I hear often from my clients. So women, a lot of times they know how to make money. They are, (laughs) you're like nodding your head. Yeah, like they're experts at what they do. They're making multi six figures inside of their company. Yet they find themselves still never having the access. They're like, I always have the money, but it's just enough. I just spend until I have nothing left. I'd love to just like walk through that struggle and like, let's break it down and sort of like see the habits or see what's happening there and how people can reframe and change what's happening with their money. Yeah.
1: If you're okay with that, I'm going to use my own personal example because I literally have been that person you described. And so several years ago, My business was still doing well, but I felt like at the end of every month, David and I would have the same conversation of why is it that we have to put our vacations on credit cards? Like, why don't we ever have enough for these extra things we want? And it wasn't for lack of making money. It was because we didn't have a budget. And we didn't have a plan for any short-term savings. And so there were often times where we would pay the day-to-day, we'd pay the bills, but then anything extra, it was like, oh my gosh, what do we do? And so we would just pull it out of my account, (laughs) my business account. And that just wasn't sustainable. And again, I was afraid to have those conversations, but it became necessary. And luckily, I was working with you at the time where I started working with you on money. And one of the things that you helped me develop was the habit of not only creating a budget, but actually like looking at the budget and maintaining it and revisiting it. And then also a step further than that, because that's important, but also that short-term savings part of the budget of making sure like, okay, think through all the things that you're spending every single year that you don't include. Like, you know, for example, My girls get their hair done quite a bit. They get braids and all these things that they have to get, but I never budgeted for, and it's hundreds of dollars to do this. And um, you were like, yeah, that needs to be on your short-term budget. Your vacations that you do take, consistently every year. (laughs) Don't put those on a credit card, like budget for them, save up each month. And I know this all sounds like basic things, but it wasn't until it became a habit. And then it was like, oh my gosh, I believe it was two years ago that we implemented the short-term savings consistently. And David and I were like, we didn't put a single vacation on the credit card. Like we didn't go into more debt because of, (laughs) of silly things like our kids' hair and vacation, which you know, why would you ever go into debt over those? But we were at the time and we don't now for several reasons. So the way that we created a habit with that is we put it on the calendar that we would review our budget every month. And thankfully we had your resources. So that was easy. <laughs> and then um also made sure that, you know, every single quarter we had reviewed our short term savings to make sure, do we need anything added here? Like, what does this look like? And honestly one of David's habits is he reviews our short-term savings every single week. Like he looks at it every week to make sure we're on track. Um, And I'm not saying that that needs to be everybody, but that works for him is just staying on top of it. So he has a habit of that. That's the action. So the cue is that we've scheduled it. The action is that we actually do it. And then the reward is that we're on the same page. And we feel really good going into the next month because, We are either able to tweak things as necessary before it gets too bad, or we're able to see that, Hey, like this is working and that feels really good. And the
0: reward is too, like, it also feels really good that you have the money and you're not putting things on credit cards and you feel in control and you're making a plan and you're
1: the one making the decision, not your money. Yeah. For example, we have our kids spring break is coming up in March. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, like, how are we going to make this work to go somewhere? And then it's like, oh, silly me. We literally have that in our savings and our short term savings ready to go. And we can go look at it and see those numbers and be like, we're good. And that's an amazing feeling.
0: Yeah, I love that you highlighted this at the beginning. This habit conversation is all based in science. This is all available and accessible to anybody. It's crazy. Like, I know that in the past, we believed that as adults, we couldn't change the wiring in our brain there was like a certain age right where it was like okay
1: 25 like that's it your brain's fully developed and that's all you can do like what No. no so
0: talk about the neuroplasticity talk about how like this conversation of habits that we've like zoomed in on and dissected how throughout your years however old you are 20 30 40 years old you've been putting habits on repeat. You've been putting thoughts on repeat, which is basically a habit of thinking, right? Yep. And it forms actual ruts in our brain. Yeah. Talk a little bit about the good news here for people.
1: Yeah. So this kind of goes back to the definition, right? Like it's hard to break a habit and that's included in the definition of a habit for a reason. And it's because of how our brains are wired and they're hard to break because once you form a habit and it becomes like just a part of who you are, it's because there's a pathway in your brain. And if you think of it, as like, this is how I was taught is if you're walking in a forest, you usually see what the pathway is, right? And the pathway is not usually because somebody went in and put a pathway there that is in some cases, but a lot of times it's because enough people have walked that same path that it became a pathway on its own because it was walked over again and again and again. And so that's how our brain is. If we have a thought or we have an action that we've done again and again and again, it formulates a pathway and it's, it's always there. In fact, it doesn't really go away, and that's something that maybe they'll discover years later isn't the case anymore. But for now, they're discovering that they don't go away. It's kind of like riding a bike. You cannot ride a bike for twenty plus years and still get on a bike and figure it out really quickly how to ride it because that pathway is still there. But what you have to do is you have to override that pathway with a new pathway. And so it's training yourself when you walk that same path over and over and it's familiar and comfortable, and that that creates a feeling um, inside of you that that's like, do it again, do it again. Cause it's comfortable. And our brain likes comfort. You have to literally get to the pathway and be like, Nope, I'm not doing that. I'm going to start this new pathway over here. And you have to walk that new pathway again and again, which is so hard because it goes against everything that we naturally want to do. And that's why people give up on these things. And so if you're feeling discouraged as you're developing a habit, what I try to do is remember like, humanity that is making me want to go back to this. Like, it's not because I'm a bad person. It's not because I'm not disciplined enough. It's not because I'm like weak. It's literally because I'm wired to go back to my old ways. It doesn't mean we do it, but giving yourself grace of like, this is why I'm doing this bad habit and realizing it and then being like, but I'm in control and I can create this new habit for myself. And I'm going to do that as much as possible until this becomes my new norm. And until my brain is comfortable with this new way of life. And so even though the first several months of doing our budget and doing those things were like painful, because I just was like, I don't want to do this. And you know, I have the resources and I have the support thankfully, but I just, I have so many money stories that are just eating away at me in my brain at the time. And, And they're still there. Like I said, they don't go away. I've just learned how to respond to them it would have been so easy for me to just be like, I don't like this. I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm just going to keep avoiding. But I would just want to encourage you that like you get to create those new pathways. And the only way, literally the only way to do it is those actions and just repeating that over and over and over until it just becomes your new habit. And then that's hard to break. Now, even though there are still areas I'm working on in my money, there are some areas that I've mastered and it's just not even a question anymore and I just do them as as a new habit so
0: it's amazing and just to like plug in here this is why and I want to talk about affirmations as sort of a part of this creating a new pathway because pathways are thoughts too right so like the thought that I have to work really hard in order to make money this is an old belief that I rewired and worked on right and I think it resonates with a lot of people like You know how to like hustle, grind, make the money, but it's hard. It takes a lot of time. It's interchanging time for money, right? And you maybe saw that example from your parents or your peers or whatever that that's how success came. That's how money came. So you then have this belief, this pathway in your brain that says, I must work really, really hard in order to make money. And maybe your desire though, your desired belief is I want to believe that money can come to me with ease and an alignment and that, you know, I'm able to get to that next level in my money without sacrificing my time. So this is obviously a very different pathway in your brain that you're wanting to create. And it's one that you don't believe yet. Yeah. You know, and remember and kind of I think it's important to say like how you were talking about the comfort, your brain wants to do what's comfortable. Because our brain is designed to keep us safe, right? Why does our brain default to comfort?
1: Yeah, so our brain wants to conserve energy as much as possible. It does, I mean, think about all the things it has to do. (laughs) Like even just sitting in silence, it's doing like a million things at that one time. And so it wants to conserve energy. And that's why it is wired for habits because habits, you don't have to think about them. They're habits and it doesn't want to think. But when you're redoing a new habit, like what you just said of going from, I have to work really hard for money to money can come to me with ease. That's going to be way harder for your brain to believe that money can come to you with ease because that pathway is not built. And so it's going to automatically pull you into, you know, money is hard or I have to work hard to make money. And so what happens though, and what I see so much in people is that they want to believe the new thing. I mean, who doesn't want to believe money can come to you with ease. So that is like a real thing, but They try it maybe once or twice. And then they are back to, I have to work hard for money. And then they blame themselves. Like, why do I constantly like feel this way? Why, you know, they just get so discouraged and so down on themselves. But again, back to what I was saying is like, you're literally being a human. Like your brain is doing what it's it's supposed to do. And so um, we have to go back to what I said about the cue slash trigger action reward. And we have to cue that new belief. And that is where affirmations come in. So there's different ways to do that. A few ways I recommend is either literally having a sticky note on your mirror that says that affirmation or having something visual to look at until that becomes a new part. Also, another cue is like, this can be an internal cue. And these are a lot harder to do. Visual cues are a really good way to start because it's putting it on your radar. But another way to do it is like learning how to catch yourself in the moment So I actually sometimes use the negative belief as the cue. So just stick with me here. But when I have a belief and I have had that belief before, so we'll just keep using that example. When I have the belief of I have to work hard to make money, I make that the new cue because it's happening like that is that's happening quite a bit in my brain um, You know, when I'm feeling that way. And I'm like, oh, that's the cue for this new belief. Like I'm going to catch myself when I have that thought and then replace it with, no money comes easily to me. And like, it's almost like that internal conversation that you have where you're like, no, I'm not going to think that way. I'm going to think this way instead. So if you're really struggling with changing an internal thought, start to make that your cue for the new belief you want to have. And that can be a really powerful way to do it too.
0: Yeah. So you create like a visual, like you said, like, I remember when I was launching, I had like a whole mantra on my door that I read before I walked into my office Because that was the cue, right? Like it's written out. I've already done the work of like writing out what I want to believe. And I put it in a place where I have to encounter it. So Mm -hmm. that's like very helpful, right? And then also like you're saying, like it's, it's identifying, you know, awareness is the first piece of all of this so the awareness of this belief that you're like oh my gosh this is where the action comes from I see myself working 50 60 hours it's not aligned for me where is it coming from our actions come out of our thoughts out of our beliefs right Uh and so then we're like oh I have this belief so we identify it we have the awareness of it and we want we want to believe something different so doing the work to say okay here's my new belief here's the new thing So you can use the cue of I'm having the negative thought. I'm going to start to say the new belief or like the visual, I love that. So what happens if you're like, this is so phony though. I don't believe it. Like, how do I go from money is super hard to come by blah, 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 to I can make money with ease. Cause I know your brain has to believe it a certain amount in order for
1: this rewiring to work. So what's your advice or thoughts there? So for me, authenticity is so important. I'm one of those people that's like, but if I don't believe this, I don't have enough evidence for it. How can I tell myself that? So usually it's just a matter of like tweaking the verbiage a little bit. So I'll do things like I'm developing myself so that money can come to me with ease, or I am capable of money coming to me with ease, or, you know, just like adding a few words here, I'll add the word yet sometimes to the end of a phrase that can literally be a way to change a phrase. So my husband and I were talking about how, like, we want to make a million dollars. Like that's our next money goal is like to be millionaires. And so, I mean, my brain is like logical and it's like, but you're not. A millionaire, like that's not who you are. And then I just add the word yet. That phrase is like my trigger. And then my response is yet, because then it feels hopeful instead of disheartening. And so that's like a new habit I'm trying to build is when I feel like something's not in alignment or not authentic, but it's something I really, really want, I'm just like, yet, you know? Okay. So let's talk about evidence because you brought that
0: up for just a second. I think this is a part of reinforcing the new thought, is collecting the evidence of that thought happening right? And so one of the exercises I have people do, and anybody who's listening can do this. So here's a tip is to start to track the money coming into your world. You naturally see the money leaving your world. You naturally see the challenges around money. So if you're saying, we're going to keep on the same thought, money can come to me with ease which is a thought that most people want to work on when they're working with me, then what we do is we start to see the evidence of that. We say the affirmation, we've got the cues set up, and now we're going to like stack it with this evidence building. So people, I have an abundance tracker tool and then also you can literally just use a notes app. And I do this, I share this with some of my clients and they will start to write down all of the money that's entering their world and they're paying attention to it. They're using it as evidence that it is coming to their world with ease. Like recently I had a client, literally any money that enters your world, And at first you're like, well, I don't have a client signing. And I'm like, it's not just in your business. It's not that specific. It's everywhere. So she's like, someone just gave me a dozen farm fresh eggs. She lives in Australia. She's like, that's like $12. Put it on your notes, right? And so you're just collecting the evidence and helping your brain amplify. Your brain believes what you tell it. Right. And so this is, I think, another level of reinforcing the thought and reinforcing the habit and like starting to train our brains different.
1: Now, I love that you brought that up, Erin, because as a recipient of being told to do this and and having done it several times working with you, I mean, first of all, I do what you say, because you know what you're talking about. But when we were first working together, I'm like, what? Like, what, why do I have to do this? And I think a lot of people feel that way about certain like exercises like that. Like, I don't know. I mean, that sounds great in theory, but I don't, that, I don't know that I want to do that. But like, keeping in mind that you've integrated how your mind and how your brain is wired into everything that you teach and do. And so there is a method to the madness of writing those things down. And I'm so glad that I've done that a few times because as you said, like, you start to see what you look for. And so if you're only looking for evidence of why it's so hard to make, or not even hard to make money, but that you have to work hard to make money, um, or why all these negative thoughts towards money, you're gonna see that. You're gonna be like, this is why I feel this way. Here's the evidence. But if you're like, really training your brain to see the abundance around you, even as simple as the eggs or little things like that. It is powerful because even though I don't do that exercise anymore, because I have done it before it's, it has rewired my brain because, um, the other day it was my birthday and I got all these things in my email. And one of the things I got was like, a buy one, get one free deal on makeup that I had wanted to buy the week before. And I just was like, I don't know, it's kind of pricey. Do I want to splurge on myself in that way? Like, I don't know. I was just questioning it. I kind of knew I was probably going to eventually do it, but I just like held off. And then literally on my birthday, I got a buy one, get one free deal for that exact makeup that I wanted the week before. And I know that's like something small, but I, I remembered that abundance tracker that you had done. And I was like, this is something I would have put on my abundance tracker because That came to me and I got this thing. Now I got two products for what I would have spent on the one. And I'm super excited about that. So you see what you look for in the world.
0: I love it. That's a good reminder that it's already like you've trained your brain to look for it, right? You might've just been like, oh, cool. Great deal. But you're like, oh, I real this is like significant to you versus like just blowing it off or like, yeah. you know, you're actually amplifying that because it's a new way you want to believe around money.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was evidence of that. So
0: Amanda, this has been such a cool conversation. I want to if you're willing, I just want you to like brag on yourself a little bit around the work that you've been able to do over these past, how long have we worked together? Three, four years? I mean, you have expanded significantly around your money. Thanks for being so honest about your journey and your story and the things you're working on and have worked on. But I would love for you to like put on display the transformation you've had as a space for others to believe that the same thing is possible for them when and if they desire that and want to work towards that.
1: Yeah. And I love that. And I love how, first of all, you're trying to help me shine in this moment, but I want to kind of put it back on you because truly like I wouldn't, everything I'm about to say, Is not anything that I could have done without you because you've held belief in me when I've not believed in myself, and you have provided the resources and tools that I would have never been able to find or do on my own. So I just really appreciate that everything I'm about to say is through like us working together. So, um, I yeah, so back when we first started working together, like I was first learning about how to make money which now I do have, I have adopted the belief. And I often tell myself, I know how to make money because I do. Um, But I didn't know that at the time. And so I was always afraid of like, is this a fluke? Like, is this, am I making money, but this isn't actually going to stick or is actually going to happen. And I remember um, when we first started, one of the first things you said was that I needed to pay myself a regular salary because I was just pulling kind of what I said earlier, just pulling out of my account as needed. (laughs) It was like, David covered the bills and we pull out of my account as needed. And, um, so that was one of the first things that I was able to do is pay myself a consistent salary. And then, um, my next goal, which felt so foreign and crazy was that I wanted David to be quote unquote retired. I mean, he's never really going to retire because he loves to work, but retired from having to rely on his nine to five corporate job. And so, um, I remember telling you that thinking it'd be like five years. Like, I'm like, yeah, in the next like five years or so, I'd love for David to come home because entrepreneurship is great, but I can't actually have the freedom because we still have to work around his nine to five. And you were like, I think you can do that way sooner than five years. And I'm like, I don't know. And I remember you, of course, bringing out the spreadsheets, which I used to have a lie. I hated, hated spreadsheets in my head. And now I still kind of don't love them, but I'm definitely seeing like, that they're helpful. And so I've learned to love them in some ways, but I remember you showing me my numbers and showing me the projections I would need to have in order to replace David's income. And like, I'm not joking when I did it a few months after that, like, that's not an exaggeration. Like I had way more than I realized. I just needed to know my numbers like as simple as that sounded I just I didn't know them as well as I should have. I knew them well enough to pay myself a consistent salary but the next step was like actually hitting next level goals that I didn't think I could hit and so seeing everything visually and seeing like, oh I only have to get this many more clients and do this. you know, I'm definitely somebody that once I know I go and do it and so I did and that was just like so crazy and so freeing. And so I did that. And then the next step um, after bringing him home and replacing his salary was debt. <laughs> and so, um, that seemed like, Oh, I don't know if we can tackle this and we are not the type of people I want to be clear. Um, and, and it's fine if, if somebody is, there's nothing wrong with this, but like our debt was not like frivolous spending on credit card type debt. It was all debt that felt justified. And so therefore and, and it's not, I'm not saying it was justified. I'm just telling you what my brain was telling me. And so therefore there was no like urgency to pay it off. I didn't realize how heavy it was weighing over me. And I remember you saying, what would it feel like to just not have this cloud over you? And I was just like, oh my gosh, it is a cloud over me. Like I I just thought, well, we're not crazy spenders, so it's fine. We'll get it paid off eventually, you know, because sometimes sometimes it's the guilt that makes you pay off credit card debt because you're like, oh, gosh, I bought this like outfit or whatever. I need to pay it off. And so you do that because of the guilt. But I didn't have the guilt. And so I didn't realize how heavy the debt was playing on me. And So maybe you guys have debt of like college debt or or different types of debt that you have and, and you don't feel this urgency, but like it really is heavy, like it is. And so um, you bringing that to light to me was really powerful. And I'm like, gosh, I want to get those paid down. And so we are not completely debt-free yet, but to put in perspective the amount we've been able to pay off, we paid off $46,000 of debt in one year, in one year, which is crazy. And again, if I didn't know my numbers, I wouldn't even be been able to celebrate that because I didn't even know how much debt we had paid off. David kept more track of that than I did. And then we got to the end of last year and he was like, do you realize that we paid $46,000 off in debt? And I'm like, oh my gosh. So that was incredible. And I'm definitely wanting to pay down more. And I know I can now because that was evidence. Um, but yeah, so that was, that was incredible. And then another thing that was really cool is, again, with the cloud being over me is I didn't realize that by not paying down that debt, it was actually keeping us from some of the things we wanted, which was a bigger house for my family. We were just kind of staying in comfortability in the house that we were at, or we thought it was comfortable. It wasn't great. And we knew that, but it was also like, well, it's comfortable. It's fine. You know? whatever. But I always felt misaligned. I remember like going into my friends' homes and being like, how cool would it be for us to have more space where we're at? And like, you know, all the kids have their own rooms and just space for them to hang out where we aren't all in the same space all the time. It's also
0: about how it made you feel. Do you remember that time you were like, I'm looking at these blinds that are like, so uninspiring as I'm like coaching multimillionaires, like tell what, like <laughs> bring that into this part of the conversation. Cause <laughs> I think I said Will you bring that into this conversation? This piece of upgrading your lifestyle with your dream home?
1: Yeah. So I remember too, like I was on a call and I was coaching a multimillionaire person and he um, was telling me all this stuff about this jet he was flying on and all these fancy things. And I was looking over my computer at our ripped up blinds in our bedroom and just being like, what the heck? I was telling Aaron, I was like, I'm literally coaching these people as I'm looking at ripped blinds in my home. This feels so misaligned because it just, it wasn't that we weren't taking care of them. It was just an old home. And like, um, since then that's our Airbnb that we flipped and I'm really excited about it, but at the time it was not, it wasn't great. And so, um, I was like, I've got to get out of here because how am I supposed to feel as wealthy as I want when I'm not living that, you know? After we paid off the debt, that freed up quite a bit of monthly income. So what's so cool and what I love about the tools that you've given us and what David loves about the tools that you've given us because he loves them too. He's like, I feel like a wealthy woman. And I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I okay, love yeah, we, we use them together. But basically like whatever your goal is, you do the same formula. And what's cool is once you do it once, you get the confidence to do it again and again and again. So like what started out as I use this tool to pay myself a salary became I use this tool to retired David to I use this tool to pay on debt to I use this tool now to buy my dream home because I see what I need to do to make it happen. And once I have that path, I'll do it. So that's what happened. Four months later, we moved into our dream home. And I remember at the time still because of those stupid pathways being like, how long will this last? (laughs) Like, will I be able to maintain this home? And then this month, we've been here a year and it's, it's not even been an issue. Like, never once were we like, will we be able to pay down our mortgage or whatever? Like it's all planned for, it's all good. It's all just happening. And so I'm excited to keep using that same framework for the next goal. So it's been incredible.
0: I'm so proud of you. And I feel like your story highlights so much of what's available for other people. And you've been somebody who has pressed against the narratives and the stories that are comfortable to step into a place of better alignment, true alignment for you. And I just want to highlight that each of your decisions were backed by, by values. You are a very value-driven person. What I teach is that money just amplifies your values. As women, we have a hard time, like desiring money, desiring wealth. Like, we feel icky about that, which is a whole story. But, like, if we dissect your money goals, like even the most recent one of your dream home, which could feel like the most lavish, maybe mm-hmm. what is so important to you, Amanda, is having a beautiful home life, like providing space for four kids to, have the spaciousness that they need, to have the creativity that they need. You and David both work from home. It's very important to you to be able to host. You host families, you host friends, you host mother's dinners, like you were going to host your team dinner. And I know that fell through because of travel stuff, but this is a very important value to you. So you deciding to invest in your dream home was you just being able to amplify your core values. And so I just wanted to highlight that because, you know, you did a really incredible job of finding deep clarity on what you wanted and you believed in it enough because your values backed it up. You care about it and just like you putting it on the vision board this is my goal is that you have a why behind it you have a deep motivation behind it and you have an exact goal and you've got tools to get there and so I know and believe that and I know we talked about this even last night like you've gotten your next version of what you want to do and going back into the evidence and like the action you've been able to do this over and over and over again why the heck could you not do the next thing absolutely and so thank you for breaking down habit for helping us understand neuroplasticity more and like how the brain can be changed and for amplifying your own story and being so transparent with numbers because i know this is going to speak to a lot of women and change their story and their trajectory absolutely
1: thank you so much for having me it was so great to share and like i said i couldn't have done that without your support and friendship and coaching and your resources and tools. And then I also like just to add on at the end where you're talking about values. I love that you brought that up because that is such a difficult belief. I think I was afraid to look at numbers, not only because I was afraid of them, but because I was like, what do I even want to do with more money? I don't even know. like I don't care about um, material stuff, or at least that's what I thought. I think everybody cares about it a little bit, but like, I'm like, so what, what's the point? But when you talk about amplifying values, it's so true because that's exactly what you help me do and help me see. So if there's something in your life, if you're feeling like you have that narrative of, I don't care about money or I don't want to get to know my numbers or whatever those narratives are, like think through, well, what are your values and how can you see that money is going to help amplify that? And like, you're actually doing yourself and your values a disservice by not knowing your numbers and not making more money. So I think that's a really good point for sharing that. And thank
0: you for helping me. Amanda. Okay. People are in love with you. They are like leaning into this conversation. I know that you have some incredible resources and tools to help women who are wanting to develop habits, gain clarity. You're a high performance coach. you also have a whole marketing agency. So where can people find you? Um, How can they get connected with you?
1: Yeah. I think, um, one tool that kind of goes along with this conversation is on my high website. Um, there is a, how to start a new habit tool that you can download and it breaks down exactly what we talked about. If you want to see the notes, I guess, um, you can download that on my page. And then also I have a highest potential planner that you can get. It's a 90 day planner and it's focused in on the habits that you want to create and helps guide you through that as well. And then if you just want to hang out and connect, um, Amanda K, K K-A-Y Faust um, on Instagram is where I am. So
0: would love to connect. Oh my goodness. Thank you for that generous plug towards your habit tool. I think that's amazing. We'll make sure to link that in the show notes. We'll link your Instagram. We'll make sure to link your planner. Amanda's the real deal. You can tell that she has walked the walk. She does what she preaches and teaches and uh, go follow her and you will be better for it. So thanks, Amanda, so much for being on the show today.
1: Thank you.
0: Are you a creative entrepreneur looking for next level support when it comes to your money mindset and management? It's time to get on top of your numbers once and for all. Do you want to upgrade your lifestyle, make a bigger impact in the world or gain more time back into your day? Your big dreams are all coming back to one thing, money. So I've developed a secret sauce money matrix formula to combine the power of an abundance mindset with money management tools, specifically for creative entrepreneurs like you. Stop hiding from your numbers and start getting strategic. Head to www.arenbridgman.com to learn everything you need to know about my coaching programs. It's time to completely transform and change the way you view and manage money so you can show up like the wealthy woman you are meant to be. Apply to work with me one-on-one at www.erinbridgeman.com.